Ephesians chapter 6, and uh, we're just going to read three verses. We've kind of bounced around this passage a little bit, but uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13. And kind of a nuance of this, I don't know that I can say I've not seen this before, but it was a good reminder um, last night as I was um, traveling and, and reading this text and thinking about our discussions this week about spiritual warfare and then uh, obviously what follows um, a week of pointed advance and what precedes maybe um, a, a day of public ministry and corporate ministry and pulpit ministry and that but yet also um, just the rest of our lives and uh, so we have we're in the battle and I would just like to encourage us that spiritual warfare is corporate and personal. Corporate and personal. We meet here in corporate prayer, but that is not to diminish personal prayer and not to diminish personal spiritual warfare. Um, and I just uh, really appreciated this in the text. So Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Four, we wrestle not against, by the way, that would be a good title of a sermon, for we wrestle, <laughs> uh, maybe this sermon, for not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, so because of all this, so we've got verse 10 finally, um, and then verse 12, for we wrestle, verse 13, summary. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. So I'd like for us to see in this text three things. And uh, the last of the three is very difficult. Um, and I'll just uh, set my comments in that tone. Um, it's almost a not necessarily drawn from the text, but a conclusion from the text. But the first thing is, I'd like us to see, uh, that uh, I would be challenged to see, is that spiritual warfare is a corporate and personal reality for every true believer in Jesus Christ. It is corporate and personal. Look at verse 10. Look at this, how, how Paul weaves the personal and the corporate together. Brethren, that's corporate. Plural, brethren, be strong. And then verse 11, it's personal. Ye or you may be able to stand. And then there's corporate, verse 12, we wrestle. And verse three, uh, 13, take unto you. That's personal. So there's. it'd be very difficult to separate this and just say this is just about corporate spiritual warfare, or um, as you've heard us talk about often um, in many cultures, we we default to thinking personally, even read this 
church letter to the church at Ephesus. It was written to a church, it was written to a many people gathered together, but often when we read it, we think of it as personal. It's both, but um, we can't divorce the two. We can't not separate the personal from the corporate. And there's a reason I, I draw this our attention to this, and it's because of the second thing I want us to see. First of all, that spiritual warfare is a corporate and personal reality for every true believer in Jesus Christ. In other words, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, this doesn't apply to you. Okay, But if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you can't get away from this. Um, verse uh, chapter uh, number two is that is is this that the battle must be engaged using spiritual weaponry. The battle must be engaged using spiritual weaponry. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Okay, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. So in this dimension that we can't see, and we often think of that as maybe above us, more realistically, it's probably around us. Um, the battle must be engaged using spiritual weaponry. And we could identify at least three of those weapons or even tools. I hate to put the third one. Anyway, the first one would be God's word. So even as we meditate on God's word and when we're in the heat of the battle, the Lord brings his word and maybe we pray God's word or maybe we're talking to somebody and we impart to them God's word. This is spiritual tools, a spiritual weapon, God's word. Um, it is effective. It is quick, life-giving, it's powerful, sharp. So it's a spiritual weapon. As we're in a spiritual warfare, personally and corporally, that's why we encourage, even on this prayer call, to pray God's word. Pray God's word right back to him. Pray the promises of the Lord. It's, it's spiritual warfare. We're not doing warfare with God, but we're using, we're using his tools that he's given us to push back the darkness, if you will, by our praying to advance the kingdom of heaven. And then we have God's word, and then we have, obviously, prayer. So not just necessarily, although this is included, not just our private time with the Lord and our corporate time with the Lord, with each other, but as we are praying without ceasing, as we're walking around and the Lord burdens our heart or we see something, we, we make that a spiritual warfare, a, spirit, a matter of spiritual attack. Um. I'm I'm this this will sound a little odd and I don't remember if I mentioned this earlier this week. Uh I fully believe this is going to happen. I was walking down the road in New York City and I looked up and there was a corner apartment probably about four or five stories up. Um I don't know I'm I'm just going to say I don't think it was an accident for me to look up and I saw curtains drawn. It was obviously an apartment. And I saw a lady sit down in her chair. That's all I saw. I just saw a lady sit down in her chair. And uh, the Lord just burdened me to pray, God, would you allow me to someday meet that lady and either give her the gospel or, or connect her 
to gospel advance. I'd love, you caused me to see that lady. I know nothing about this lady. I don't even know that I, well, I probably could go back to the corner that I was at, but um, I just, you know what, in my mind, this is, this is just, there's a lot of scary things that go on up here. But um, I thought one of these days I'm going to be on the subway or I'm going to be somewhere, maybe not even New York city. And uh, I just pictured this. Okay. This is, this is me. Just picture this talking to somebody and having her say, I want to introduce you to my husband or I want to introduce you to somebody. Would you join me in my apartment someday? And as I walk in and I, and I see that window and I look out of the street, I realize, God, look what you've done. Now he hasn't done that yet, but he's able. This is as we pray. And as we, as we walking down the street and we're praying and just fellowshipping, this is spiritual warfare. This is pushing against the darkness. It may be that as I am in there in that apartment, and I, this hasn't happened. I'm praying that it will. Um, that I realize three years ago, I walked down the road and I saw this apartment and God, look what you've done. You connected me. And I just look at this lady and say, I've got a story to tell you. So spiritual warfare is a battle that must be engaged using spiritual weaponry. One of those is God's word. One of those is prayer. And then lastly, it is led and powered by the Holy Spirit. It is led by the Holy Spirit. It is powered by the Holy Spirit. Now, I hesitate to use the word power. It is. It is powered by the Holy Spirit. But often we think of the Holy Spirit as just a, a battery. You know, he's um, it, he's just an energy source. But it's a, it's a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person, not just a battery. So, yes, our, our battle is led and powered by the Holy Spirit. Um, that's why <clears throat> as we pray, it's often intriguing in our corporate context here to see where our prayers end up and how. So it's always as, as we're praying led by the Holy Spirit, it's often enjoyable to see how one prayer connects to another prayer connects to another prayer and it becomes a story that the holy spirit is writing not we so um and this is just food for thought um i don't know that i have a biblical precedence for this i guess i do but uh, i read a book recently and the author does not refer to the holy spirit the, the author just refers to holy spirit as a name, as a name, instead of the Holy Spirit, which is scriptural, but also he just talks about when I talk to Holy Spirit or when I'm being led by Holy Spirit, um, it just really caused me to think about the Holy Spirit as um, as the entity that's the the person who's very close. Just like I would say, I wouldn't say, and I'll pick on him. I wouldn't say the Dwight. I would say Dwight. Um, and so our our battle must be engaged using spiritual weaponry, God's word, prayer, and his Holy Spirit. James 14, 4.14 says, Whereas you know not what ye shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little while and then vanisheth away. For what ought ye to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that? So in this vapor time, 
in this very short life that we live, we ought to be so engaged with spiritual warfare, led by the Holy Spirit, um, following the Lord's will, if you will, if the Lord will. And then thirdly, this is where I'd like us to just part and then um, and pray, but maybe have our thoughts stirred in this area. Um, thirdly, for the believer in Christ to not engage personally and corporately in spiritual warfare is sin, is sin. For the believer in Christ to not engage personally and corporately in spiritual warfare is sin. Verse 13 of our text says, wherefore, take unto you. This is an imperative. It's a command. And James 4, 4.17 says, therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So this is serious business. This is serious-minded stuff. Um, I think we often think of maybe spiritual warfare as something that others do, or we sit on the sideline and maybe we'll be engaged. It, it is something we're engaged in all the time. Uh, it's not something to which we can opt in and opt out. So um, I'm going to read a quote and then I'll make a final comment and then we'll be done. Um, Many of you know D. Martin Lloyd-Jones, the author D. Martin, Martin Lloyd-Jones. He said this, we have to realize that we are called in the Christian life to a battle, not to a life of ease, to a battle, to a warfare, to wrestle, to struggle. The gospel is always realistic. It never hides any of the truth. It never gives a false impression. It is not a true gospel that gives us the impression that the Christian life is easy and that there are no problems to be faced. That is not the New Testament teaching. End of quote. So I would just encourage us that spiritual warfare is ongoing while we're deployed and while we're not deployed. Um, as we are wrestling through our daily devotions, as we're studying, we're in spiritual warfare. We're getting stronger. Soldiers that are not fit are not aggressive soldiers. So they go through training. They go through boot camp. They go through lots of training so that when they are on the field, they're effective. And so let me encourage us, even before tomorrow, let's spend much time in prayer, fasting, um, spiritual readiness, so that maybe when we go to church, we're engaged in spiritual warfare, knowing that our spiritual warfare was engaged even before we went to church. And then as we're sitting, listening to God's word or we're preaching God's word, we're realizing this is all warfare, but we ought to be fit. We ought to be pure. We ought to be ready. We ought to be engaged. We ought to be fueled up, powered by our Holy Spirit. Um, I die daily, Paul says. I keep under my body, Paul says. So spiritual warfare, let me get to the, my title here. Spiritual warfare is corporate and personal.